Episode 26, A Royal Confrontation Moses and Aaron finally came face to face with the king of Egypt to ask for some time off to go worship their god in the wilderness. But the king was not buying the idea and made things even more difficult for them because he thought they were just being lazy in their work. Welcome to the History of the Bible podcast. Now that Moses and Aaron have the confidence of the Israelites and they know that the God of their forefathers has sent them, they believed and rejoiced in the deliverance that was soon to come. The next step was to go to the king of Egypt and tell him the news. And that is what they did. They went to the king and told him that the Lord, the God of Israel, said to let my people go and that they may hold a feast for me in the wilderness. But the king said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? It's believed that in this time period that all the nations had their own gods and festivals that they felt that their gods had ordained to that nation. So it wasn't a weird question to ask in that time period. However, the Egyptian king had no regard for any other god, as he held a position of divinity and was ordained to rule by the gods. Often it was seen that if a nation was conquered, their gods would have been weaker than the conquering nation's gods. So the king not only had no regard for the Israelites' god, but no respect either. The king would finish his sentence saying that he had no idea who the Lord was, yet he would soon discover the god of the Israelites. So Moses and Aaron pressed the king, saying that they had met with God and that if they were not to go into the wilderness for three days to sacrifice and worship their God, something bad might happen. But the king paid them no mind, but instead said that all they were wanting was time off from their labors and that because of Moses and Aaron, the people have stopped working. So he then makes the labor of the Israelites harder than before. In Exodus 5, verse 7 and 8, the king told the taskmasters that they were not to get straw for the Israelites for making bricks, but they had to go and get it themselves. But the quota of the bricks could not go down. Brick making in Egypt was a very important task. Although they built many of their pyramids and temples out of stone, the rest of the structures were usually built out of bricks. Private houses, palaces, and business buildings were all built out of bricks as they held the heat better on cold days and were colder in the structures on hotter days. This was the job of the Israelites as slaves, to make bricks. They were brick makers, not really builders. The use of straw in the brick making process was very important. The bricks that were made in Egypt were made up of sediment from the Nile River. This sediment was usually made up of sand and clay. However, when the sediment had more sand in the mixture, the baked bricks would not hold together. So to correct this issue, straw was added to the mixture. If the sediment had more clay within the mixture, then the straw was not needed. However, it was more often than not, the sand had a higher amount in the mixture, calling for the need of straw to hold the finished bricks together. And not only from the Bible, but from other evidence from ancient Egypt, the Egyptians placed quotas of daily bricks that were needed to be made. So when the king of Egypt said that the Israelites were now having to go out and get their own straw to make the bricks, but still had to meet the same quota, it would cause them to continually not to meet it 
In essence, the king of Egypt gave the taskmasters a reason to beat the Israelites for not meeting the daily amount of bricks. In Exodus 5, verse 14, it says that the Egyptian taskmasters place Israelite foremen over the rest of Israel. And when the daily amount of bricks was not met, the taskmasters would beat the foremen. So the foremen of Israel then went to the king and cried out saying that it wasn't the fault of the Israelites that they were not meeting the quota, but the Egyptians, because they were no longer bringing the straw and that they shouldn't be the ones to be beaten. But the king would not listen. Instead, he said that they were idle, and being idle in Egyptian culture was a sin to them. It was even thought that in the final judgment that they would have to answer to Osiris for being idle. As the Israeli foremen left the king, Moses and Aaron were waiting for them as they came out, and they were not happy to have them around. The foremen said to Moses and Aaron, The Lord looks on you and judges, because you have made us stink in the sight of the king, and the Egyptians were eventually going to kill them because of their labor. To make bricks was an easy process, but it would take time. The sediment that was taken from the Nile River would be brought to an area where water was added to make a thick mud. A little pool of water and sediment would be created. Then the straw would be added into the mud. Once this is done, the mud would need to be kneaded. Often was done with people walking in the mud with bare feet. Once the mixture was created, it would then be placed in molds. This mold would give the shape to the brick. Once it had solidified in the mold, it was taken out of it and placed in a drying field where they would dry out in the ground layered with sand and straw to prevent the bricks from sticking to the floor. Once they were set out to dry, it would normally take about a week to completely dry and be ready to be used. Therefore, when Moses heard that the Israelites were being punished for wanting to just go out into the wilderness to worship their God, he cried out to God asking why he has done evil to the people, and why did he ever send him, and complaining that the king has done evil to the people, and they are not yet delivered. It seems that Moses was expecting for the king to let the Israelites go right away. But God said that when they left Egypt, they would, in essence, plunder the Egyptians, and that takes time. When Moses began to complain to the Lord of how he wasn't delivering the Israelites, the Lord reminded Moses who he was, saying that he was the Lord that appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But God tells Moses that he showed himself to their forefathers as God Almighty, or El Shaddai. This is a name that God lets Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to know him by. Thus, when God made the covenant with each one of them, he used El Shaddai. El Shaddai is usually translated to mean God Almighty. A suggested root meaning for this is the overpowerer, which means that God is going to do what God is going to do, and nothing will stand in his way. Another translation of the name could mean the all-sufficient one, which means that he is more than enough to meet any need. It was very important for the Israelites' forefathers to know God this way when he was promising Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to bring their descendants into a land that was not theirs and would be provided for them as a home. But to Moses and the Israelites, God was introducing himself as Yahweh, the God that will fulfill the promise that he gave. God then tells Moses to say to the Israelites 
that he will bring them out from their burdens with great signs and will redeem them to be his own people, and they will know that he is their God. He is showing himself to them as a God that is willing to do whatever it takes to bring home his children so that he can have a personal relationship with them, a fulfiller of promises. In Exodus 6, verse 6, God says that he wants to deliver or redeem, as some translations say, to himself, just like he would later do in history with Jesus to redeem people back to himself. However, when Moses spoke these words of a hope and a future to the people, they wouldn't believe him because of their situation. They only saw the hardship in front of them and not the hope that God was speaking to them. But God wasn't done yet. In Exodus 6, God tells Moses, Now you shall see what I will do. When God would finish, the Egyptians would drive them out in haste because of what God is about to do. So the Lord told Moses to go back in front of the king of Egypt and tell them that he needs to let the Israelites go. But Moses wasn't willing. Instead, brought up that if the Israelites didn't listen to him, then how would the king listen to him? God points back to himself as the one who will deliver the Israelites, not Moses. That God was the one who was going to fulfill his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God tells Moses what to say to the king of Egypt, but still, Moses wasn't wanting to do it because of the fear of not being listened to by the king. God then tells Moses something very interesting. In Exodus 7, verse 1, God says to Moses that he has made him like a god to the king and that Aaron is his prophet. The reason that God says this to Moses is because to him, God has given him divine authority over the king and that Aaron would be the spokesman for Moses to the king so that he wouldn't have to speak to the king, but Aaron would. All Moses had to do was show the signs that God showed him. Seemed easy enough. God was reassuring Moses that everything was in God's hands, not Moses's. God knows that the heart of the king will not submit to another god other than himself and his gods. God tells Moses and sets him straight by saying that no, the king will not listen to you. Even when all the signs and wonders are done in his sight, the king will still not listen. But God promises that the Egyptians will know that he is the one true God that is bringing his people out from oppression. Thus, God sent both Moses and Aaron back to confront the king of Egypt to let the Israelites go, knowing that he wouldn't listen but also knowing that God would fulfill his promises. In Exodus 7, verse 7, it says that when Moses and Aaron went before the king of Egypt, that Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83. It's never too late to be used by God. When Moses and Aaron stood face to face before the king of Egypt, it wasn't about Moses coming against the king. It would become a showdown between the Israelites' God and the Egyptian God. So join us next time when the Israelite God faces the Egyptians' God in episode 27, The Battle of the Gods. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.